Welcome to the Goddess Ceremony Podcast, your space to find empowerment and wisdom on your journey. We talk about it all, sacred women's wisdom, empowered entrepreneurship, and everything you never learned about your body in one inspiring space. I'm your host, Cassandra Wilder. Let's dive in. Welcome back, gorgeous friends, to the Goddess Ceremony Podcast. I'm so excited you're here and absolutely ecstatic to share this powerful interview with all of you. I had the absolute honor to interview the lovely Emma Mumford, and if you don't know who she is, she is an award-winning life coach and mentor. She's a Law of Attraction YouTuber, a best-selling author, a speaker, and the host of the Spiritual Queen Badass Podcast. Her work focuses primarily on helping women turn their dream life into an abundant reality using the law of attraction. So my friends, this woman really is one of the leading experts in the world in manifestation. I've done a couple episodes on manifestation over the last year of the podcast, but I was really intrigued to bring in an expert, someone that really knows the in and outs of manifestation to share with us how this powerful practice works, what it means if whatever it is we're manifesting is seemingly not coming to us with very much ease, her favorite routines to encourage manifestation, and as you'll hear throughout this beautiful podcast interview, she started from very humble beginnings and like many of us, wanted to create her dream reality but had no idea how to do it. This podcast has so many gems and if you've been waiting for a sign to begin to manifest your dream life, to create the reality you've always wanted, then this, my friend, is the podcast for you. So enjoy this beautiful interview. So welcome, Emma, to the podcast. How are you doing? I'm good, thank you. How are you? How are you doing during lockdown? (laughs) You know, good, all things considered. So we're hanging in there. I'm really, really grateful to have you here on the podcast. We have such similar stories. I know everyone is going to get so much from this. So again, thank you for being here. My pleasure. Thank you so much for inviting me on. Yeah. So Emma, you and I have really similar stories in that we went through a lot of heartbreak. We have gone through rock bottom and then somehow we rose from those experiences and made it our missions to help empower other people. I would love to hear about your evolution, where you started out and what you've blossomed into over the last couple of years. Good question. So um, I spiritually awakened four years ago, so back in 2016, um, but that's not the start, as I would say, of my evolution. <laughs> I think it goes even way back. So growing up, um, I was very much atheist. I, I kind of went to like a Church of England school, so Christianity was always kind of there in the background as such, um, but I just didn't really subscribe to it. I think I did for a while. I think it was nice to believe in something greater than us, like God, for example. Um, but I think obviously going into my teenagers, getting hormones, going through breakups, <laughs> starting to like really get those life lessons. I think I just, you know, f- forgot about that. And I just thought, you know, I remember being about 18 and thinking, why would God let these bad things happen to people or even myself? Like, you know, God's meant to be kind. And no matter how much I'm praying or putting, you know, what I would call intentions out there at the time, I didn't know about law of attraction at that point. Um, You know, things weren't getting better. So I went through a series of bad relationships. So like I said, when I was 18, I was working in a bank. So it was really hard for me because I had this career and everyone was congratulating me on having this career as a banker. And I was so miserable because I loved working with people. I loved talking to like all the little old dears who would come in and all my customers. But, you know, I would have targets to put people in debt, which just felt so unaligned to me. And I just, I ended up getting depression because I had debt myself that I'd taken on on from 
my boyfriend at the time and to be in debt myself and then to go into work and put people in debt just you know it literally crippled me emotionally because I thought I don't want to do this I don't want to force someone to take out a £10,000 loan they don't need it but then you have those pressures of targets and your manager saying you know you need to do this you need to do this so I I got depression from this um, and obviously the debt I had with this boyfriend and I, I definitely wasn't happy in that relationship either um, and I think at that point, I, I didn't know what self-love was. I, I didn't love myself. I, I just I had a very meaningless existence, really. Um, so I started my first business at that point. I had a little nail business where I did people's nails. And that brought me a lot of joy, actually, because I got to do something I really enjoyed and, you know, interact with people and talk to people. So I really enjoyed that, even alongside doing <laughs> doing a banking role full time. I don't know how I managed that back then, but I think it was like an escapism for me as such. So mm. me and that, ex- that ex-boyfriend broke up. Um, uh, very shortly afterwards, after I took out the loan for his debt. So it was for his debt. It wasn't mine. He had a lot of debt from a past relationship. And because of my banking experience, I was like, well, you know, if I take this on in my name and you pay it, it's lower interest, etc. And obviously he gets the bailiffs off our back. So I did that to help him. And then he left me pretty much a month, I think it was, after I took out that loan for him and never paid a single penny. Even to this day, never paid a single penny. So what? I was about 20 at this time, um, or 1920, should I say, and I just had £7,000 worth of debt on my shoulders. I'd left the banking job because I just couldn't go to work anymore. I was having panic attacks every morning, so I couldn't even leave the house. Um, and I moved back in with my parents, and you know, I was facing turning 20 with this debt, you know, having this ex who never paid a single penny, and would I take him to court? Would I not? And then Um, I say very stupidly, you know, I met someone pretty much as I was exiting that relationship. And I went into another relationship with that person. And looking back, I can obviously see why that was a terrible idea. But at the time, I was like, I'm in love, like, this is the one. (laughs) Um, He was not the one. (laughs) Um, History repeated itself. And after a couple of years, um, he then left me, he cheated on me, he then left me in not as much debt, but some debt. Um, and left me to pay the bills for the flat that we had together. So again, I was like, why has this happened? It's, you know, happened again. So now looking back, I kind of see, you know, the patterns, the healing, etc., that needed to happen. But obviously at that point, I was clueless to this. So that was in 2016. That's when I had my spiritual awakening officially as such. So I, I had depression pretty much over that five year period as such. Um, on and off, it would come and go. I would have periods where it'd feel okay and then it wouldn't feel okay. But towards the end of that second relationship, it's very emotionally abusive. And for me, I just hated myself. I hated myself. I did stupid things, which, you know, I'm not proud of, but, you know, I, I was obviously like reaching out, like something helped me. And I remember the night that, it all kind of like kicked off that I just looked out the window at 2am and I just thought God help me and it was just one of those moments where I thought I have not used the word God in so many years and it was like my soul just kicked in at that point my ego was just done with fighting with resisting with living this meaningless life and my soul kind of kicked in and was like right now you remember why you're here let's get to work so that's Mm. where the real work began um and yeah that was four years ago and even since that point um two years ago I I feel like I had another awakening of such um I feel like we probably have quite a few over our lifetime I'm obviously still relatively new to all of this so 
yeah, I've I feel like I've had many awakenings since and I feel that with like each year that passes by, I think it's just beautiful to see your growth and see your evolution and actually see yourself become stronger and heal those things and manifest those, you know, those beautiful things into your life. Wow. It is shocking to me how many similarities we have in our stories from these relationships that continue to crumble and us starting to realize, oh, <laughs> here's this thing again and, and recognizing the pattern and then also allowing that to to be, you know, the, the dirt that we rise from is really profound. So from the most recent evolution, as you said, what have you birthed since then? Two books. <laughs> No big deal. Um, yeah. Two books, which I, well, I, I've always wanted to write a book, definitely. Um, but those two books have been those two awakenings. Absolutely. So it, a book was never intentional along those life lessons. I didn't even know these were going to be awakenings or life lessons as such, but <laughs> I think it's cool to see, you know, that something positive has been birthed from those times and those lessons and those hardships, which have actually turned into the best things that have ever happened to me. Like, you know, even some of the things that happened a couple of years ago, more recently that, you know, I thought, oh God, like, come on, like I'm done with the lessons here. Like, give us a break. You know, I look back and I'm like, thank God that happened. Like, thank you universe, because it just keeps aligning me to, I don't want to say a better version of myself, but you know, a happier version of myself, a version of myself that feels naturally fulfilled is not seeking this, you know, fulfillment in money or things like this, for example, in wealth or success or whatever. So I feel like the books were obviously, you know, they help people, which is an incredible, you know, thing to have from my own lessons, definitely. But I think uh, apart from books, you know, I, I think my fulfillment is one thing I'm incredibly proud of to ha reach that place where I'm like, yes, this is it. This is it where it feels good. You're living your best life and you're just living and you feel good. For me, that's like the biggest accomplishment for me. Um, I love writing books. I love doing things. I love my work. Absolutely. But, you know, that work has to start within us first. And if you don't feel happy and fulfilled within what you do, like, you know, that's going to echo into your work as such. So lots of things. Um, the universe has kept me busy. <laughs> I'm looking forward to some time off. <laughs> right. Wow. Well said. So well said. I'm curious, Emma, at what point in your journey did manifestation or the law of attraction start to present itself? And then also as an expert, I would love for you to share what that means and your perspective on it. Mm, definitely. So the law of attraction actually found me pretty much from day one. So um, five, like I said, five days later, that help came. And I remember that I just all of a sudden, obviously, now I know it's intuition, but I just had this thought pop into my head of Google how to turn a negative situation into a positive. So I thought, okay, let's pop that in. And this woman came up and I'd never seen this woman before. And I thought, oh, you know, let's watch her video. Let's see what she's about. She seems like she has a nice face, like a very kind person. So I just watched this video and it was Louise Hay. And she was talking <laughs> about the law of attraction. And she was talking about all of these things. And I thought that the law of attraction meant love, just attracting, you know, a partner or something. I didn't realize what the law of attraction meant at that point. So I say stupidly again this is where I was at this point I wanted to manifest my ex back so this is how the law of attraction drew me into working with it and spirituality so I thought great with this like um partner manifesting thing I can get my ex back um because you know 
he sounded like a great guy, didn't he? So um, <laughs> I started working with it and I, I watched The Secret on Netflix. That was the first thing I did. Um, and then I read The Magic by Rhonda Byrne, which is her second book um, following on from The Secret. So I was, you know, as soon as I watched the movie, read that book, I was like, this makes so much sense to me. It was like I was remembering things instead of learning things, if that makes sense. So it just made sense to me. It just clicked. And I was like, gosh, this is so true. Like we all manifest whether we consciously know it or not, you know, our words really do create our reality. And I could see how, you know, having those negative limiting beliefs, lack of self-love, talking negatively, etc., had created my reality. It really has. And I think, you know, something really powerful is to take accountability for your own BS sometimes and, you know, calling out your own shit sometimes and saying, Do you know what? <laughs> I kind of put myself here and you know it's not a bad thing to do that's actually really powerful when you can say you know you're not sitting in victim mode just saying right okay here's where I'm at how do I think I've got here how can I you know progress forward using the law of attraction or other methods as well so the law of attraction essentially is you know what what we put out into the universe comes back to us it's like a big boomerang or as I call it a big mirror between us and the universe so what you are reflecting into that mirror is reflecting back to you essentially. So traditionally there are three steps with the law of attraction, ask, believe, receive, which you may or may not know already if you've heard of the secret or you might dabble with it already. So those are the three steps which I was taught and very quickly I realized through manifesting so much successfully that actually it was a bit harder than what they were you know claiming it to be or there were just more steps so what I really you know wrote for my first book spiritual queen was actually there are five steps and these five steps are what I followed since day one you know unconsciously and then realizing actually those two extra steps they're kind of they're a big deal this is how people kind of block themselves is when they're not aware of those two other steps or struggle with those two steps because they just don't understand it. So I believe that the first step is still ask, which is, you know, putting your intentions out there, having clarity, being clear on what it is you want, because clarity is so important because you don't want to, man you know, if you say you want to manifest a partner, you know, you want to know exactly what you don't want. So you know what you do want and you want to make it clear to the universe of those positive qualities that you want this time. So that goes for everything across the board, whether it's a job, a house, um, money, whatever it may be, you know, being clear and specific is so important with the universe and using the law of attraction. So you can ask verbally, you could write it down, you could do a vision board, um, you could even think it. There are so many different ways to ask, but make sure that you're clear with your intentions and you only need to ask once. That's the beauty of it. You don't need to keep asking. You don't need to keep on at the universe. Um, you know, it's a bit like, I guess, in a restaurant, if you're kind of shouting at the waitress, like, hello, here's my order again. They're just going to be like, calm down, it's coming. So definitely, you know, once you've asked once, that's all you need to do. So the second step is believe which is still one of the traditional steps of, you know, what the secret teaches. And belief, I feel personally to me and what, you know, I do feel is true for others as well, is belief is not just believing that the universe can bring this manifestation to you and that you're worthy. So you can call it into your life and the universe can bring it to you. But really it's identifying in that stage of what's standing in the way between you and your manifestation. So 
Love's probably the easiest one to use here. I don't know why I'm using love all the time. Um, maybe <laughs> someone needs to hear this, but um, you know, with love, for example, is there any blocks there of, do you feel worthy of having that divine love? Do you feel worthy of settling down with someone? Do you feel worthy that someone can love you, for example? So it's really identifying those triggers um, and any any things that you feel. Listen to that feedback. If you know someone's happy news is triggering you, just take that as feedback. Don't put yourself down and shame yourself because that's not going to help either. Say, okay, what part of that triggered me and where on my body is it triggering me? So look up your chakras. If you're not familiar of chakras, give it a Google. So say for instance, it's in your heart center. So you know that there's some work that needs to be done there in that heart center and look for those triggers because this is all valuable feedback that's going to help you remove those blocks along your manifesting journey. So the third step is trust. So this is a new step that I've added in. And trusting is a little bit different to believing because it's taking that inspired action. So manifesting is co-creation. You don't go 100% of the way like myself and many other controlling manifestors have tended to do in the past. It's about going 50-50 with the universe. So you take your inspired action. If you want that job, you've got to put your CV out there. You've got to apply for jobs, turn up for the interviews. If you want to manifest love, you've got to put yourself out there. You know, they're not, they're not just going to come knocking on your door. You know, in some small occasions they may, but, you know, all around, mostly you're going to have to go out and take your inspired action as such, whether that's dating yourself, working on self-love, um, putting yourself on dating sites, etc. You know, you've got to take some action here to co-create with the universe. So it's trusting in divine timing as well um, and trusting the process. So really trusting that the universe is bringing this to you and trusting in divine timing that actually the universe's timing is always better than yours. And that's a hard pill to swallow, I know. (laughs) But, um, you know, you want what's meant for you and the universe really is working for your highest good. So if things are maybe feeling delayed, check back in with that second step of believe is there anything we need to work on there but if it feels good to you then maybe you know there's something that's going to happen at a certain point where it's so much better aligned for you to it for it to happen at that point so trust in that timing and trust in that process so the fourth step is letting go which is the most backward step out of the five steps because it's just so confusing to ask believe trust and then you just have to let it all go like I myself have asked these questions many times of how did the universe work this one out? So letting go and surrendering is not that you are giving up fully on your desire. It's about becoming okay with both outcomes. So your manifestation happening and it not happening. Now that is, I guess, scary. And it has been scary for me to think about with some manifestations because when you want something so badly, you're like, but how can I be okay with it not happening? And it's really looking at that resistance there, because if you are very attached and I don't want to say controlling, but you know, you're desperate for that, that thing, that manifestation, look at that mirror, the universe is mirroring that desperation and lack back to you. So Again, maybe it's worth going back to that second step to work on why you feel lack, work on why you feel those things. So letting go is definitely a process. It's not just a, you can do one little tool or tip and boom, you've let go and surrendered. It's definitely something you need to feel into and work towards. But it's definitely, I guess, the most challenging step for people because they want manifestations, they want them to happen. So it's it's holding that that positive vision that it will still happen in the divine timing and for the highest good of all. 
And a really good thing to say with manifesting as well is for the highest good of all, because you want what's meant for you. You don't want what's not meant for you. So that's always just a good little safety net to put with your manifestations. So let go, surrender, trust in that divine timing. And then step five is receive, which is when you can celebrate. That's when your manifestation's here and challenge yourself to be present, challenge yourself to celebrate things because we live in a society where it's like a checklist of great, yay, achieve this thing, right, what's next? And, you know, the universe is going to think, well, she wasn't very grateful for that, was she? Like, why would we bring her more? So just like if you gave a gift to your friend and she was like, great, where's the next one? You'd think, hang on a minute, I put so much effort and thought into that and you've just tossed it aside and you're asking for more? You wouldn't want to give your friend more presents, would you? So again, with the universe, get grateful, express your gratitude, express your appreciation and just be present with it. That was such a refreshing format for manifestation that resonates so deeply for me. I love the analogy of the mirror that I've never heard that before. And that feels uh, like you can actually grasp, you know, the idea of it. And then the gratitude point as well. And as you were sharing all of that, I thought, you know, how, how many times have I received something? And then, yeah, I've been like, so focused on, well, now I know how to do it. Now what's the next thing rather than appreciating it. So I'm, I'm really glad you said that. In your journey, what was the big moment of transformation for you when you actually realized that you could create anything you desired? Even further down the line, actually two years ago when I had this like second mini awakening was when I manifested everything. So this is what inspired my second book. I manifested everything off my vision board, off my manifestation list a lot. And I was miserable. And I thought hang on a minute, like the law of attraction promises you get all this stuff and you're going to be happy. How am I sat here two years on from the start of this journey? Miserable as sin. Like my last manifestation off that list was selling my business, my first business I had, and um, which was completely different. It was a couponing business, so very different to what I do now. Um, and I thought that, you know, selling that business and having life-changing money was going to complete me it was going to give me this feeling that somehow I'd been lacking um you know even after doing so much work on myself and when that money hit my bank account I felt and you know looked at it and was like great this is amazing I'm so grateful and then transferred it out to different investments transferred it out to savings accounts so my bank balance was exactly the same 10 minutes later as it had been prior and I thought you feel no different. This is a big red flag. And it was in that moment, I think of that aha moment or light bulb moment where I thought your version of wealth has been so freaking wrong. Like you've been chasing all this work, like getting the book deals, selling your business, doing all of this, you know, and it's not wrong to want those things. That's what I want to share with people. It's not wrong to want those things, but that wasn't my version of wealth. That was what I thought I should be doing because everyone else was doing it. But my personal life, so my relationship, my friendships, my family relationships, all my relationships in my life were awful. And I, because I hadn't been nurturing and kind of watering those plants as such, you know, they weren't flourishing, they weren't blooming. And I realized that, you know, settling down, having a family and having a healthy work-life balance was my version of wealth. And I wasn't working on that because I was just so driven with work to, I guess, ignore everything else that was happening, um, that I had all this amazing success in my career and work and validation and everything I'd ever wanted but it didn't fulfill me. So that I think was my real big moment of we do create everything that comes into our lives. And actually, you know, 
we we can bring those desired outcomes into our life, but it's got to be aligned to you. It's got to be your version of wealth. And wealth, I don't just mean money. I don't just mean wealth as in like cars and houses. I mean, all forms of wealth. I think that is so wise what you just shared there. And at the beginning of the journey, I think it's especially easy though to think that those things are going to fulfill us or validate us. And I think it's um, it's an evolution to get to that point that you just shared where you recognize it's an internal thing. It's a feeling, it's a sense of connection to self more so than the dollar amount or whatever we're chasing. Absolutely. So I really want to ask you this question. So I think a lot of people, you know, they learn about manifestation, they get really excited and then they find that it doesn't necessarily work for them or, you know, maybe it is, but they're not getting what they thought they wanted. So why is it that some people struggle to manifest? It's a good question because it is such a different answer for everybody because is it going back to that belief stage? Are there, you know, underlying beliefs there? Is there maybe some wounds that need to be worked upon? Maybe they don't even know those five steps to the law of attraction as well. You know, letting go and surrendering is a big part of people's um, manifestation process because they they become so resistant. They become so attached to it that they're like, you know, visualizing every day. They're doing everything the teachers are telling them to do and it's not appearing. So one thing I'm a big preacher of is sometimes you've just got to put the vision board down. If you are constantly visualizing and obsessing and thinking that you're putting positive vibes towards something, but actually you're kind of just feeling lack and you're thinking, where is this thing? You're doing too much. And sometimes we can do too much. So sometimes I say to people, you know, just put that vision board down, stop looking at it, give yourself a break and focus on something else. Because I found in my own life that, almost when I like give up. And what I mean by give up is really truly let go and surrender. I know it's going to happen. I can feel it. And I hold that positive vision, but it's almost like I get to that point where I get so frustrated that it's not happening. I just let go. And it's at that point, then I just freaking know that that manifestation is going to turn up very soon. And every time it does. So I always, it's like, I surprise myself and I'm like, well, you knew that was going to happen because it's happened so much for you. So I would say that's a very natural point to get to. You know, you can't fake your way to letting go and surrendering. You have to really almost get frustrated with yourself that it's not happening to really, truly let go and surrender. So I would say sometimes you've just got to put those vision boards down. Visualization for me personally doesn't work. Um, I do it sometimes, definitely, but I am a Virgo and I'm a perfectionist. (laughs) So it's not a great combo. So I'm someone who, when they visualize, they want it to happen exactly like that. So then I'll be like, right, it must happen this way. Otherwise it's not gonna happen. So you can see that resistance I'm putting out to the universe when the universe is like, well, we have a better way of it happening. When you just freaking let that go, we can bring this to you. So be open, open with your manifestations, definitely. Be open to a better way of it coming to you. This or something better, remember. And if it is that something better, that's not a bad thing. You could have been saved from a bullet there. Like, trust me, I am so glad I never manifested that X pack. So, you know, much more happiness came my way. So the universe does protect us. Um, So that's not to say that's why you're not manifesting, not at all. It's to say, you know, look at look at how you feel with that manifestation do you feel 
agitated by it? Do you feel lack? Do you feel just upset that it's not happening? If you do, let it go. Work on that letting go process, that giving up as I call it. Um, and focus your attention elsewhere. That's what I tend to do. And, you know, I guess it's a form of distraction, but I'm not someone who preaches bypassing anything or distracting yourself because, hey, look where that got me two years ago. But essentially, you know, it's addressing what it what comes up for you. It's, you know, feel, allowing yourself to feel those emotions, certainly, because when you allow yourself to feel those emotions and witness them, you can pass them through you so much quicker. They're not going to keep coming up. And another thing that I hear so much and what I was taught as well from The Secret, from all the great books out there on Law of Attraction, is that you can't think bad thoughts, that, you know, you must be positive all the time. And if you think one bad thought, you're going to manifest it to yourself. And that's just so not true. So not true. You know, we have thousands upon thousands of thoughts every day. Not all of those manifest, do they? What they mean by that and what the truth of that is, is it's our consistent vibration, our consistent thoughts and what we consistently put out there. So yeah, for instance, if you're feeling negative for a consistent amount of time and maybe you're in victim mode, maybe you're wallowing, yeah, you will manifest probably more of those experiences because it's your consistent vibration. But if overall you feel, you know, relatively good, pretty high vibration and you feel happy and maybe a negative thought comes up, that's not to say that's going to manifest. So like I said, allow yourself to feel these things because this is the feedback, this is the work. And when you work on removing those things, you are aligning yourself to that version of yourself who has that manifestation. So acting as if is important. Um, You know, that's not to say to go and, you know, blow large amounts of money to manifest more money definitely not that doesn't work unless it feels aligned to you and feels good so again it's got to feel good to you remember that's the key it's got to feel good so work through anything that comes up allow yourself to feel those emotions if you need to um because that's the feedback that's the maybe the thing that's stopping you from bringing it into your reality that was such a refreshing perspective to hear and especially your comments about it's not that you can't experience a negative thought or emotion because I think that is a trap we can fall into where it has to be light and love or good vibes only. And then we repress all of the true emotions that we have. And it's those internal beliefs and those internal programs that probably ultimately make it very difficult to get what we actually want, even though we're saying good vibes only. Absolutely. So In terms of money, I know, especially right now, there's a lot of uncertainty in the world and some people have lost their jobs. Some people have different, different income things happening for them right now. That feeling of scarcity though, I think is very visceral for a lot of people. That idea of don't spend money, you know, hunker down is is something people are really, really surrounded in. What kind of wisdom would you contribute to that idea of scarcity versus abundance mindset, even if money truly is a little uh, a little more sparse, we'll say. Mm, definitely. And, you know, I, I've gone through all sorts of money experiences in my life from working in banking. I've seen how people interact with money, how I even interacted with money, with my couponing business. Obviously, I was helping people to save money. Um, and obviously, at that point, I came into abundance myself. So money has always stalked me without even me intending it to. I never wanted to be a banker. I never wanted to be a couponer. Um, it just happened. That was what happened. And I, I came across it to clear my debts that I had that couponing. So now I'm kind of in my spiritual shoes as such um you know 
I look at money very grounded. I look at money very different to probably what other law of attraction or spirituality teachers would because money is energy. And I think when we can see money for what it is in its positive light, our relationship with money can transform. So absolutely, we find ourselves in definitely challenging times you know even for myself as a business I've not been able to get support here in the UK government so I've had to really work upon you know my manifesting skills to keep myself afloat to pay my bills etc and I know so many people listening will be in that same boat whether you're self-employed limited company or you're employed by an employer so definitely look at money as energy and yes we are in times where we've never experienced this before it does feel uncertain but I'm sure we can all sit here and say we felt uncertain times before with money, whether that's, you know, like myself when I had that debt, thanks to my ex, whether that's losing a job in the past, you know, these things still happened before. And I mean with money specifically, obviously not, you know, the virus, etc. But our relationship with money can really transform when we see it for what it is, a flow of money. So a really good way of seeing it, it's like the tide, the ocean, money comes in, money goes out money comes in, money goes out. And the problem is we pedestal money. We really do. We're like, oh my God, it's this big thing. And oh my God, to manifest 10,000 pounds. Whoa, that feels so much. But because we're affirming that the universe is like, okay, so she thinks it's a lot. Well, maybe it is a lot then. We'll make her feel like it's a lot then. So you can see that, you know, and you have to work up to that place. You know what I mean? If you want to manifest a million pounds or a million dollars, for example, then, you know, you, you if you're walking around saying, I'm a millionaire, you're probably not going to believe that, are you? So you need to work up to that belief, definitely. But I think during these times specifically, be sensible with money. Here's where my grounding techniques come in as such. So, you know, I I created a practice called mindful spending, which is where you really create a healthy relationship with your spending. The worst advice I hear, and I've tried it myself, believe me, it never works, is if you want to manifest money, go and spend loads of money and the universe will return it to you. Go and invest in yourself, invest in a coach, all of this you hear, all this nonsense. And at the end of the day, over anything, over what anybody tells you, whether it's money, whether it's a decision, whether it's love, whatever it is, it has to feel good to you. But money specifically, you know, when you're making transactions, it has to feel good. So, you know, we have bills, we have necessities, we have car insurances, etc. We have all those great things we have to pay each month and our, our kind of necessities as such, food shops, etc. So with those, you know, make sure you're paying them. First of all, look at your income, pay those bills first. And when you're paying those bills, say thank you universe for the money to pay these bills each month on time and in full. Because you know I'm raising my hand here. How many of us can raise their hand and say, we actually do take that for granted, the money that we have to just pay our rent, pay our mortgage, pay our gas, electricity bills, water bills, food shops. We do all of that and we probably don't really give it much thought, do we? We just do it. So even giving gratitude for those mandatory bills is so important. And then you know from that point what your luxury budget is. So this is your money you have to play with, which you can treat yourself with, um, you know, have a takeaway, buy that top, whatever it may be, go on holiday, etc. save up for a holiday. So you know from that point, right, this money is for fun now. This money is extra, which feels comfortable to us, which we can spend on things that we like. So that is what I mean when I'm saying mindful spending. Obviously pay your bills, that's a very important thing to do. Mindful spending comes in for the luxury budget. So from that point, when you're making purchases, whether it's services, products, etc., online, in-store, 
If you can, obviously, if it's online, you won't be able to hold that item in your hand just for three seconds and think, does this item bring me joy? How much am I going to use this item? You know, if it's a bit of clothing, I've done it before. I've bought a nice blouse, never worn it. And two years later, I'm like, (laughs) why did I buy this? I've wasted like 30 pounds on this blouse and I've never worn it once. So be truthful with yourself here. Will that item bring you joy? Because we are all guilty of it. We will go and splash the cash, treat ourselves to think that we're abundant and we're like, you know, putting that money out there to bring it back to us. And then we get home, look at our bank balance and then crap ourselves (laughs) excuse my French will be like oh god great okay now my balance is even less than it was before um so that's not a good vibration that's not a vibration that the universe is going to think great let's give us some more money so what you want to do is when you are making these mindful purchases is making sure it feels good because when you get home and whether it's you know some chocolate whether it's an item of clothing whether it's a service etc you will feel so good when you look at that thing, when you wear that thing. You know, when you look at your bank balance afterwards, you're not gonna feel lack, you're not gonna feel negative or resentful that you spent that money. You're going to feel good, which is the key to manifesting more. So try mindful spending. It is such a powerful practice, so simple, but so powerful. Um, and it really can help to change your change your mindset with money. And also another good thing I would say to do is, you know, journal down, you know, especially during these times of, maybe times you felt uncertain with money before and how money has always returned to you because we do forget these things. And sometimes we have to make gut-wrenching purchases, whether that's the washing machines died, your laptops died, maybe you know you've got to like make a payment on something or, you know, the gut-wrenching purchases where we're like, oh, I really don't want to pay this, but I know I have to, you know, this laptop's going to help me with my business. Um, I need to wash my clothes, whatever it is. We all know what those purchases feel like. So when you're making those, you know, mindful spending, is it a necessity? Is it something that you need now is the first question. If you can wait a few weeks, maybe wait to your next paycheck and it feels good to do that. Sometimes doing that is really good mindful spending as well because then in the in that three, four week period, you've got time to really check in with how you feel about that thing. So when payday comes again, how does it feel now? Is it something I still want or is it actually something I've realized Maybe I don't need as as much as I thought I did before. But, you know, when you've got those gut-wrenching purchases, which feel big, feel scary, sit there before you purchase it or sit there before you hand over that money and just get really grateful for that money in your bank account, in your hand, whatever it is. Give thanks for that money and say, thank you universe so much for this money to be able to buy this laptop, this dishwasher, this washing machine, whatever it is. Give gratitude for that and then say, and I trust that this money will come back to me tenfold. And this is the most important part. So say that and then hit pay, hit send, whatever it is. Um, And one of my clients actually did this. She wanted to get a laptop for her business. She wanted to do a YouTube channel and she knew that having this laptop was really going to help her, but she manifested the money. She manifested it straight away, but she wouldn't spend it because she liked the amount in her bank account. She was like, oh, Emma, it just looks so good. Oh, but then I'm going to be a thousand pounds down if I buy this laptop, but I know I need to. So I said, right, let's work through this. So I taught her these tips and she was like, you're right. This definitely feels good. This is definitely mindful spending. I know it's really going to help me and it's a necessity. So after our call, she did that little mantra I've just said to you, did everything. And then she emailed me a few hours later and said, I can't believe this. My landlord's just emailed me saying that because I've helped her so much this month with the little tasks around the house, 
don't worry about paying your rent this month. And her rent was the exact amount of the laptop. And I was like, well, if that is not proof of this, I don't know what is. Wow. It's just amazing. And it seems like as soon as we stop white knuckling everything, it's we soften into that, then the universe can actually get to work. And it was so beautiful to hear you speak because it seemed like everything got, comes back to joy and gratitude. Hmm. Does it bring you happiness? And then are you appreciating it? Are you welcoming in these experiences? And that feels like such a weight off of my shoulders to fully feel that and hear that. I'm glad. It definitely helps me too. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Okay. So I am wondering if you can give us like a little glimpse into your life in the essential practice that you swear by, that you do daily or, or just often that you feel like has really contributed to you creating your dream life. Absolutely. And you've already touched upon it. Gratitude. (laughs) I'm the biggest preacher of gratitude. If you want to start anywhere and do something to manifest, gratitude, gratitude, gratitude. So for me, that looks like in the morning, as soon as I wake up, getting my little gratitude journal out and writing down just three to five things I'm grateful for. You don't need to write an essay. Um, I know a lot of the secret teachers who write 10 points and I did that religiously like an A-star student for months. And then I thought, oh, this just does not feel good anymore. I just feel like I'm concentrating on hitting my 10 points rather than actually feeling gratitude for these, these things in my life. So if you're that person, simplify it. Go back down to however many points feel good. This is not about getting an A-star. This is not about how many points you can write. This is about the feeling you invoke as you write that gratitude, as you say that gratitude. So you can write it or you can say it out loud. I do feel there's good energy behind writing things. So for me, it really works. And I really feel it when I write it down and then verbally speak it out afterwards to kind of seal the practice as such. So for me, that's really, that's what I do every single day. And it feels so good to do that, not to manifest, but just to express my gratitude and appreciation to the universe. And it just puts you in such a positive place for the day. It sets you up for the day ahead gives you those positive vibes. Um, And obviously when you're feeling that positivity, you're gonna manifest positivity into your day from just doing that really simple practice, which, you know, only needs to take five, 10 minutes. It's not something that needs to be a big lengthy process. and challenge yourself with this, dig deeper. If it feels, if you feel like you're writing the same stuff every day, if you're feeling it, it doesn't feel as sparkly as it does that practice as before, dig deeper, go to non-materialistic things. When I'm having a week where I'm just not necessarily feeling it as much as I would, I challenge myself to write for a week non-materialistic things. So that might be my health, my eyesight, the running water in my house, the, the, um, pollution-free environment, etc. I really challenge myself to think of the things that, you know, we do overlook very easily. So I would challenge you to do the same. That is excellent. And I imagine when you start your day in that mindset, everything else feels so much more grounded and intentional. And then, as you said so perfectly, you're then also in that energy or that frequency of receiving. Absolutely. So I'm wondering if you can tell us about your new book that's coming out and... You know, what What has that process been like? I'm sure you're so excited. Definitely. So my second book, Positively Wealthy, it's coming out on the 9th of June and it's up for pre-order now. So you can get it from pretty much anywhere that sells books online and in store. So obviously Amazon, Barnes and Noble, Waterstones, all of those sorts of places. Um, and I'm really excited about this book because it wasn't planned at all. I did not plan to write a second book after Spiritual Queen. It was not on the, li- the to-do list, but as I said, um, two years ago, the universe sent me on that journey. And this is, 
you know, the book from that journey. So, you know, I'm loving it that I've got to kind of bring my um, money experience into spirituality and create a book that's not just about having a positive relationship with money and wealth. It definitely is about that, but also exploring how, you know, what our version of wealth is exactly like I had that internal moment of, wow, I've been chasing the wrong version of, of wealth. It challenges you to, you know, look at your version of wealth and help you to map that out and work through it as well as getting a healthier relationship with money, abundance. And also, so it's a 33 day practice book. So I love a good practice book. So it gives you practical tools, tips and things to do each day to manifest abundance in all areas of your life. So yes, it's money and wealth focused, but wealth to me means all areas of our life. So it's got love in there. It's got um, self-love in there. It's got, oh, just everything you can think about career purpose, just trying to think angels, um, meditation, everything. So there's loads of topics it covers. Um, and all of these kind of tasks and little tools I give you each day to do, which are really manageable. They're not really lengthy things to do. It's all setting you up to manifest abundance over those 33 days and onwards as well. It is already in my Amazon cart. So (laughs) I'm really excited. Um, and I, yeah, I'm in awe of what you've done. And we talked privately, you know, before this interview that I'm preparing to launch my book at the end of the year, and you had so much great wisdom. So yep, just in awe of all you've created here. So Emma, is there any other final words of wisdom that you intuitively feel like people need to hear from you right now? It's something I say all the time because I have to remind myself of it probably daily. (laughs) So this is what I always go with when someone says like, what advice would you give our listeners? I'm like the same advice I give myself every day, nothing before it's time. And I actually have this quote tattooed on me way before I was spiritual. I heard that quote said in this TV program I was watching where this woman was interviewing um, Hollywood celebrities and they were kind of, you know, sharing their pearls of wisdom. And I just switched it on one day and heard this actress saying this, nothing before it's time. And I was like, wow, that hit me. It hit me. That quote hit me for some reason. So I had it tattooed on me and I'm glad I did because it reminds me every day that the universe's timing is better than yours. And even now with this book, um, you know, the paperback was due to come out obviously at the same time as the audiobook and ebook in June. But because of, you know, the times we find ourselves and rightly so, it's been delayed to September. And I thought, oh God, like I've worked so hard for this and I'm going to be gutted that people can't get the paperbacks if, you know, that's what they want, etc. Um, and again, I think with all, you know, people obviously had weddings delayed, um, christenings, you know, all kind of life events and big things in their lives. You know, we've all experienced delays through this time, definitely. And, you know, what I want to share with you is nothing before it's time. It's still in alignment. It's still happening to the timing. It was always meant to happen. And when we can get out of our own way and stop putting our agendas as such on our manifestations, and you definitely can manifest within certain timeframes. But one thing I've really been challenged by the universe to learn is that maybe I think I know the best timing for my life, but I really don't. And whenever things have finally happened in my life, I'm like, thank God they happened then and not before because I wouldn't have been ready for it. So trust the timing of your life, nothing before it's time and it will happen. Mm, Nothing before it's time. That is so good. So, so good. This has been so beautiful, Emma. Thank you so much for being here. And how can everyone connect with you, find you, all the things. 
Perfect. Thank you so much. It's been so much fun coming on here. Um, so you can find me on my social handles. So it's all I am Emma Mumford, as in Mumford and Sons. So you can find me online on Instagram, um, pretty much anywhere. And then my website is emmamumford.co.uk. Beautiful. Thank you so much, everyone, for tuning in. Be sure to give Emma a follow. She has such beautiful, powerful spiritual advice, great tools about manifestation. And then I put the link in the show notes if you feel inspired to grab her beautiful new book coming out later this year. Thank you so much for tuning in and we'll see you soon. Thank you for joining us, beautiful friend. Please share the love with a five-star review, text the episode to a friend, and connect with me on Instagram at Goddess Ceremony. Until next time.